Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We are back on the death lineup. Brian is back from his vacation. How was the vacation? Spain is a very good time. First time out of the continent. I've been out of the country a couple of times, but never left North America. Um, Europe was Europe sweet, man. At least where I was, it felt just like the movies, you know, just like oh, yeah. those those really cool, those really cool alleyways where it's like, you know, so much life between all those with like mm-hmm. the, the the cool looking apartments and I don't know. It was very, it was very, the trip was very movie-like and I'm sure not all of Europe is like that. Maybe I'm sure we went to the good parts of, of Spain, the touristy parts. Actually, no, we, uh, my stepbrother, uh, he, he teaches English out there. So he kind of, we went to uh, Cordoba, Spain and he, he kind of just took us under his wing and, and showed us around like, uh, like we were locals. So we got like the touristy sparks the touristy part because we landed in madrid hung out in madrid for a couple days then we went to where my stepbrother was at and we felt like more like locals walking in the city uh just literally is is literally a walking drinking trip like it was like we start the day by walking somewhere we we get to like a little square they call it um and then sit down at a table eat drink get up start walking oh my god it's dinner time are you kidding me (laughs) sit down eat drink again and it's like oh we gotta walk off the food just a lot of that and it was just a it was a pretty fun trip your mom sent me some photos of like some people who look like the kkk but they were wearing like black <laughs> like what was that yeah. so i didn't understand it when she was trying to tell me what what it was but i was like so, I, I didn't get it what she was saying semana santa i believe so their easter is like our christmas like they go hard for easter okay it's like a whole week of festivities in spain and it was i mean they're they're super religious super catholic out there yeah. so uh um yeah i think i think that's just that they just wore that they so just, it was like a religious thing it's a total religious like parade it's a Got religious it. parade throughout the whole thing and it looks like the kkk because i believe that we literally were watching so uh my my, my partner danielle she found a, a pretty funny video on tiktok of uh uh 
people from America like experiencing Semana Santa and seeing that and being like super uncomfortable. And we were watching the news uh, a couple days later, and the the reporter was like, "This is how I could, I was kind of trying to translate because like she was saying some words I knew in Spanish, and she was basically saying like how Americans view this mm-hmm. week versus how we view it is just completely different." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think isn't the KKK like I I think she's explained that they're like Protestant, and I think the Protestants wore that too. Like I don't even want to dive into it. I didn't yeah. want to take photos because I feel like that was a dangerous camera roll to have. <laughs> but I swear to God, for those listening, like the people at the Semana Santa, imagine parades yeah. of people in the KKK getup, and you're like an American. And for the Spanish people, they're like cheering them on, and it's like, oh my God, super uncomfortable. So. That, but it's it's not it's not racist. <laughs> it's, right, right, right. It's a it's a sign of of religious. Uh, I don't know. Just yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Did it so first. For people, we'll, we'll we'll talk some basketball now. But for people who are not used to this background, for me who are watching on video audio, people won't care. Uh, I got a new phone and I'm backing it up, and it wasn't it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready for prime time. I even had to push Brian back a, a few minutes, and it still wasn't ready. So, uh, so deal with my my background, just my my office and all my hats and my album covers and NBA Jam there in the background. Okay, so this is a big week, man. This is this is if you remember when we started our show last year. It was right in the beginning of the playoffs. So this is now full circle for us. It's not Denver. The Warriors are not the favored seed. It's not a 3-6 matchup for the Warriors. It is the Kings, and it is flipped the other way around. The Kings are the three, and the Warriors are the six. So we'll preview it a little bit. You had sent me earlier that uh, Plus Minus had done a podcast, and I haven't had a phone working, so I didn't even get to listen to it. Uh, but I've read through some previews. I've listened to some folks talk about it. And it kind of scares me as a Warriors fan that nobody is picking the Kings. This is kind of ridiculous. Wasn't it like Bobby Marks or Mark Davis? Is that- uh, one of the ESPN guys picked the Kings. It was one ESPN guy. And it, it, I almost got flashbacks to when we keep seeing that graphic of, of people of the ESPN people picking the Warriors Maverick series <laughs> and that always gets brought back up. I'm like, Oh man, I'm getting like, it's, it's too much Warriors love. I've outside, outside of Kings fans, outside of my buddy, Alex and outside of Brees Hall, the running back for the New York jets. I haven't seen. And then Bobby Marks, whoever, whoever was in the, on the ESPN, I'm it's either Bobby or it's this guy named Mark or I forget, but uh, you know, I wonder if it's the guy who does the Kings play by play. No, it wasn't Mark. That's the guy's name, Mark Davis, right? I thought so. Yeah, I don't think it was him. Okay. But yeah, just a lot of, it's very, this is pretty cool that you did this. Oh, you like the layout? Yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, you know, stream yard for the video folks. I try to make it interesting and for our clips. Yeah, we, you can set the layup, uh, set the layout uh, in creative ways. It's one of the new advancements in StreamYard. Since you've been gone... They, uh, wow. they released it. So you, you'll be, I can, I can show you how to play with it if you want, but yeah, yeah. this is uh this is our Kings versus Warriors graphic here on, on the video part of the show. <laughs> uh, so are you, I guess, you know, the news out there is that Wiggins is back and not only is he back, but supposedly has looked great. I don't think that uh, they would have said anything, but the fact that he looks great, they, they, if he did not look great, they would have still probably said he look he looks great. You don't want to give away any stuff. But I'm going to take them for their word. It sounds like he'll be able to play about 20 to 25 minutes. 
not starting as of yet, but that's a good sign for the Warriors because one of the keys to this series, and I was going to get your thoughts on this because you've watched, you've watched a lot more Kings than I have, which is this very interesting clutch stat when it comes to Darren Fox. And NBA even has an award called the Clutch Award. And, and I heard Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo talking about how to vote for it. And they're like, well, how, how do we also vote for it? They just give us a bunch of, a bu- uh, they just give us a list and we just sort by the rating. And this, I guess that's how we're supposed to pick the Clutch Award. But De'Aaron Fox was by the numbers, the best clutch player in the NBA this year. And my wonder is, how do the Warriors attempt to try and I don't know if you can stop him because he's a, such a multifaceted scorer, but you know, the, when it comes to the playoffs, the scoring goes down, the defense intensifies the calls the, from the referees. They're a little bit, you know, you, you're going to hear more of them in important spots. And I kind of wonder if you're watching or you, you watching the Kings and you know, the Warriors very well, what are what are they going to try and do to slow down De'Aaron Fox? Because I think he's kind of the key to this whole offense. I think that they are. I, I just think that the Warriors, the Warriors have guys to throw at De'Aaron Fox that you know in in Wiggins and GP two and Kaminga. I'm not going to lie, like watching De'Aaron fuck Fox in the cl- in the clutch, like he's legit. Like uh, what he does, like I think. Um, I was actually just watching that game against the Clippers where it was just like that 176 to 175, whatever yeah. that final score was. And like Darren Fox is just like scoring over Kawhi at will. And it's like Kawhi is supposed to be one of the greatest, you know, uh, ISO defenders really like in, in, in our generation and my generation. So I think Darren Fox is legit. I think, I don't know if there is stopping him in the clutch. I think that, I think that there is a way for, you know, how do I say this properly? But I I have been on a certain tune for this team for the entire season. I, I think that they're a good and fun team, but I think that they are, I've been saying first round upset for them since the beginning of the season or since they, I feel like got this number three seed. And now that my team's playing them, it's been pretty amplified. But I remember saying on this podcast that I thought that maybe I'd rather see the Phoenix suns with yeah, Kevin Durant that's before I wanted to see the Kings. And I, I only said that though, because I thought that KD's first game was going to be in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure I said that on the podcast. And if I had to revisit that take and it was still KD's first game going into the playoffs, I might do a little bit of thinking, but I might probably just take the Kings. Um, but, and uh, it's just this Kings team. I I think De'Aaron Fox is you know uh, he he's kind of him in the clutch, like I, I like I just said. But I think them being in the clutch so many damn times, <laughs> like he's like a volume clutch player. I I've said it um before that if you look at who are the top five clutch players, and I think it's just measured by you know points in the clutch mm-hmm. of all time. It's of all time. It's it's this year's De'Aaron Fox. I believe it is last year's DeMar DeRozan. I believe it is last year's Joel Embiid. I believe there's a like a Chris. No, who else is in? There's a couple more guys in there. But when I looked at this a couple months ago, it's like, okay, none of these guys got past the first or the second round. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a high total of points in the clutch, it means playing that your team is games. playing yeah. a lot of close games. And the Kings play a lot of close games because they have a bad defense. Yep. 
their coach, uh, our guy, he's he's known to be more of a defensive minded coach, but they just don't really have the talent or have the guys defensively to to be better than what they are. I think they're 26 in the league in defense. So I think that the Kings have, you know, had close games with a lot of bad teams this season. And I think that the Warriors should just, you know, I think it's going to be really good for the Warriors that I feel like the Warriors sometimes when they're overdoing it on jump shooting and they're not going to the rim enough. Although I think they should go to the rim. I almost feel like overdoing it on jump shooting. That strategy might even work against the Kings because they're just going to get so many good looks. And I feel like, I don't feel like there's going to be a blowout game in this series. And if it is, I want to say it would come from the Warriors, but I genuinely don't know because, you know, we've had our, our talks about the Warriors this season where it's when you go high on them, they, they go, they show you low. When you go yep. low on them, they show you high. And so I don't know. I, I feel like I have a lot of things in my mind about this team. I just listen to light years. I just listen to plus minus. I'm trying to listen to a Kings podcast with good old James Ham, who I usually respect, but had that crazy take about the Kings offense oh compared God. to the Warriors dynasty yeah. offense. That was to be fair, taking a little bit out of context now that I heard him explain it, but still he's like, it's like that stuff where you listen to someone talk about Jokic and I feel like, not Bill Simmons wasn't the target here, but there are people like kind of the nerdy media guys who are like, look at, look at Jokic's VORP and look at all of his <laughs> weird stats. It's like, no, dude, I'm watching hoop. And Embiid just cooked him 40 to 10. Yeah. Um, I feel like James Ham was doing a little bit of that with that offense, like best offensive rating of all time, highest yeah. true shooting percentage, highest effective field goal percentage. It's like, well, we had KD, you know, <laughs> yeah. we had KD and Steph on the same team. It's, it's um, hard when you also, it's hard to, correlate that stuff when the rules in the nba seemingly change like every two or three years and exactly defense gets harder because they want it to be harder and foul you know you can't do this you know back in the mj days you could hand check right and you could you could kind of keep your hand on, on the guy on the offensive guy and you can't do that anymore so uh though yeah it's kind of a weird thing and uh, i think anthony slater in his preview piece called it offense on steroids uh and he called those numbers Pretty inflated, though. The Kings did have the second highest offense in the NBA by a good amount. I think Boston was second, but Boston was like a distant second. So some of that stuff is. Kings, you're saying the Kings being the first off best, the best offensive rating in the NBA? Yes. Best offensive rating of all time. Of all time. Of all time. But that's why the numbers are like they're on steroids. Cause no, but because not... you want to hear the, I, I think I could do the top five offensive ratings of all time off the top of my head. It's like Dallas last year or something like that. It's. it's Kings this year, it's Nets two years ago with KD, Harden, and Kyrie playing like 10 games together. <laughs> they were the number two offense of all time. Third is Boston. I think fourth is Philly this year, like yeah. Boston and Philly this year. I think fifth might even be the New York Knicks this year. Like <laughs> it's just that record gets broken almost every season. It's pretty silly. Yeah, it's a pretty silly stat. The Kings do have a good like point and a half over this Brooklyn Nets team that from the 2020-2021 Brooklyn Nets team, which is second offensive rating of all time, which that's kind of impressive because you start looking down the list. It's only separated by like 0.1 for each team, but the Kings kind of got them by like 0.5, 1.5 or something like that. But I'm, if you look at that list, it takes until that Bucks championship team to get to a championship team. And that's like 10 or 12 teams down the list. So it's like, I think it should be reiterated that yeah offense is great but defense wins championships you know so here's here's another question which is the warriors like to isolate whatever they think gives them the best way to win so do you think that they are going to attack De'Aaron Fox kind of like I said and slow him down 
Or do they just want Harrison Barnes? You're not going to get yours. Malik Monk, you're not going to get yours. Uh, Keegan Murray, you're not going to get yours. And maybe we maybe we do let Fox cook a little bit, but we want to stop all the other stuff. Like there's usually a strategy, that, and they're, and they're really good at finding what the right strategy is to win these games. Now, the coach who helped them find that right strategy mm-hmm. is also on the other side now. But is there a weakness that or a way that you think they're going to play this series because it is a best of seven. And one of the tricks of this entire run for the warriors is they may struggle early, but when they figure it out, they really figure it out. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the figuring it out part in this King series is going to be for them. If they do win the series, I feel like they're going to do Harrison Barnes like they've done Aaron Gordon in the past, like they did uh, Grant Williams last year, where it's like, I'm going to put Draymond on you and I'm going to keep you wide open. And you're going to ask yourself in your head mentally, like, why are they leaving me wide open? Shoot, miss. Oh man, were they right? Should they have left me wide open? And then you just keep going through that mental warfare in your head. And the next thing you know it, like you're a good three-point shooter who's not really shooting that well. Um, Like Aaron Gordon is not bad enough of a three-point shooter for us to left have left them wide open as we did last season. Harrison Barnes, same thing. But if the Warriors know one thing, they, they've seen Harrison Barnes disappear in the playoffs. Yep. Um, you know, Draymond already doesn't totally like the guy, but I could totally see... <laughs> Draymond doesn't like Harry B. Why? Because he didn't get invited to the wedding? And there was something with, like, a contract extension that HB didn't pick up, right, that Draymond voiced. Mm. I think I heard that in Plus Minus today, maybe. Oh, I, um, see, I didn't listen. Yeah, you didn't yeah. listen to it. I'm bummed. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have a feeling that HB is the guy they pick on. And I feel like it might work, but I don't know. HB, it's been a lot of time since since that finals. Over the rookie, huh? Over Murray, just letting, just go. Murray's, on. did you see, Murray has the um, the most three-pointers made by a rookie. In... That, that, that's, that is also on steroids, though, just because they shoot so many more. These yeah, days. yeah, agreed. But he, he made like, you know, 200-something. Uh, well, I mean, I, we, we kind of saw this one coming, right? Because when we were at the California Classic, we saw this coming. We're like, okay. He's for real. Like this isn't this isn't against NBA players, but this guy has game that should translate into the NBA, and we were totally we were right about that. I don't know if I predicted him to break the record for rookies three pointers made, though. But like, I, it's an inflated stat. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's still. I, I wonder where he ranked on the season amongst all the three point made guys because he's probably dude. He shot it at like a forty one percent clip. Like he's he's a really good efficient shooter. That maybe yeah, you can get him off his game just because he's not used to the bright lights. But I don't know. We we. I feel like he's kind of I feel like he's kind of meant for it. Not necessarily meant for the bright lights, but I feel like he's not someone to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think that's another huge point to this entire series, which we have yet to get into, is just the whole experience thing as a whole. Oh yeah. How does that, that factor in? Well, and, and so save that because that was gonna be my next question. And I think that's probably where you're gonna go. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire 
faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. I want to talk about what you feel the Warriors' biggest strength is, and we'll take that first, and then we'll flip it on its head with the biggest worry for you. But let's start with the biggest strength. What is the biggest strength that they have? What what are you most confident in this team being able to do in this series against Kings? I think I think their biggest strength is kind of tied with either having one, we have the best player in the series, and that's usually a good sign. And the other one, 1A, one 1B, one one B is that, you know, our Stephen Curry's playoff minutes alone ties, like, all of the Kings players combined. So, like, it's just, and then you have to add Clay to that. You have to add Draymond. Like, I think Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, and Steph, if all their playoff minutes as individual players is higher than the Kings as a combined team, usually... The bet, usually the team who hasn't been to the playoffs, they don't, they don't make it very far. So, you know, I think experience is also, you know, the, the Warriors' greatest strength going into this series. You know, I think Clay has the most playoff games out of everybody. Really? He's like, he's like one ahead of Draymond, or maybe Draymond's one ahead of Clay. I, I, I think it's the that way because Draymond. Got, the got suspended for a couple games and over. We know years. Steph missed. Clay, and the only Steph the only like, one. Steph is like eleven less, I think. And but, the only one Clay missed that I can remember off the top of my head it was the last game of the series Toronto. against the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. And right. I mean, he played it. He technically played it. <laughs> got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great point. Uh, I I'm leaning toward that. If we are saying De'Aaron Fox is going to get his, Steph is Is going to get his. And when you look at it that way, you go, okay, like that is the, you know, now basketball these days is not just a one-on-one matchup, all the switching of the defense. But back in the day, an easy way to look at teams is you go, oh, well, they got magic. And the other team doesn't have magic, so how are they going to stop the Lakers? Same with Michael, right? And Steph is kind of like Michael, Steph, LeBron, KD. Like, those guys are so special offensively. And and Giannis, right? When, when Giannis is in the playoffs, you look at that team and you go, whatever happens, the Bucks are competing here. And that's why we can say the same thing about the Suns. Whatever happens, the Suns are competing here unless Katie gets hurt. And I think that's that's what what is going to have me swing to the Warriors is just 
if Steph is healthy, Steph against De'Aaron Fox, I- I'm okay with. I actually love that matchup because it's like our best player against your best player. Well, our best player is an all-time great with four rings. And I think I live with that matchup. And then you sort of worry about everything else. Now, Sabonis, uh, you know, Sabonis is going to, you know, Sabonis is like their Draymond. I think that's how Mike Brown sort of explained it. It's like he's he's not exactly like Draymond, but he does a lot of the things that the Warriors asked Draymond to do. And so that automatically means he's a really smart player. And then it's about the other pieces. Like you go to war with Wiggins. You go to war with Clay. You go to war with Loon. And can you go to war with Keegan Murray as a rookie? Can you go to war with uh, Malik Monk? And so that 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 kind of that it made me. I, I know it's a very simplistic way of looking at the series in that way, but ultimately, I think just having Steph, and then you look at the rest of those matchups after you've already won that point guard battle, and it's like okay, this series makes a lot more sense to me when I look at it that way. Yeah. Um... If I mean, if we want to do the whole ranking thing, it's Steph one, you know, you drop a few couple tiers and then you start putting in the other players. So I feel like we don't even need to do it like that alone. Just should say some stuff. Uh, what about biggest worry? What is your biggest fear during this playoffs? My biggest fear is probably it's probably some of the stuff we stressed throughout the season with the turnovers and the lack of free throws. And whenever the Warriors play an opponent, that opponent seems to have more free throws. So I just, Mm -hmm. I think some of the little things like that would be uh, my biggest worry at the moment. All right. This is what's going to give me nightmares. And this is what is going to keep me up at night. Not really. I don't have a problem falling asleep, but there's going to be a moment during this series. I'm almost sure of it. I, I hope it's fleeting and I hope it's not very often, but I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be in my mind. It's this is Warriors playoff basketball. This is much different than the regular season. And then they're going to play like they did during the regular season. And I'm just going to go. They can't turn it on like this. This is what we've seen all season long. Like these wide open three pointers for the other team and, uh, Draymond throwing the ball out of bounds and Steph throwing left-handed hook passes that get intercepted. Like what's going on? Like that moment is going to happen and it's going to lead to a King's run. But I hope those moments are few and far between and they can sort of Kerr's going to call a timeout. Hey, settle down. We need to get back to what we do. Let's slow the game down a little bit. And, uh, but that, you know, I'm, I'm going to catch myself. Uh, maybe I'll even count for, for our next podcast. I'll, I'll count them. How many times I feel like, Oh, they are who we thought they were. One of those moments, you know. And so, I uh, I also want to give them the benefit of the doubt, though, because they're they're the defending champions. I think everybody has looked to this moment to say, maybe regular season doesn't really matter as long as you get in. That's kind of what they were saying, you know, when the Warriors were struggling. And if the Warriors prove that at least in this round, then you're kind of like, okay, everybody was right, and and that's what I hope as well, right? I hope that that is the case. But uh, so I'll count the before our, our next uh, our next podcast, and I'll and I'll tell you how many this is who they are who we thought they were moments that I have during the during a game or two. Yeah, and if you look at last season too, you know all the all of the Steph goes down, then Steph comes back, Draymond goes like the whole that whole thing where no one was really healthy, they didn't really have cohesion going into the playoffs, um, and then they got really the best opponent they could have gotten. 
in the first round to kind of like warm up to being that Denver Nuggets team without, you know, Jamal without MPJ. It was just kind of Jokic and Aaron Gordon trying to trying to do what they can. And it obviously just like didn't work. Not to say the Kings are the Denver Nuggets, because that would be insanely disrespectful to what they've done this season, being the three seed and the best offensive rating of all time. But I feel like if you did have allow the Warriors to choose a team, maybe out of at least the top six, I think if they were at least out of the top six, I think I think they're going with the Kings. Um, and I mean, if you, what do you think? Who do you think they go with the Clippers? If if you're telling me Paul George isn't playing, I think they go Clippers. But I think the Kings would be number two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ask them who they prefer, Draymond just say might say, "Bring on the Grizzlies right now. We're gonna have to face them anyway. <laughs> Let's just get this over with when we're healthy and not tired." Yeah, I think I think that with Paul George healthy, I I would go Kings. With Paul George unhealthy, yeah, that's a good case. I maybe go Clippers. I just feel like that Clippers team, even though I think I would favor the Warriors, they just make it tough. All those switchable wings, kind of like a Boston light. I feel like they. Just I hate make watching Kawhi on the other team too. He's yeah, he's so hard to root against because he's so good and he just frustrates you and he has no emotion. He's not going to get in any arguments. He's not going to get into any fights. He's just going to play like a robot. But I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. You, now you said no disrespect to, to Denver Nuggets. You meant last year's Denver Nuggets. You you didn't mean this. Year. No, I actually, I meant no disrespect to this year's Sacramento Kings. I must've okay. just been speaking too fast. Or maybe yeah, I, I didn't misunderstood. Yeah. No disrespect to this year's Kings. You know, like I feel like I did a pod yesterday on the BAM with uh, with Obi, and we were just kind of going through it, and I was saying things, and it's like, okay, there's definitely like bias in what I'm saying, but at the same <laughs> time, I said what I said on this podcast. Like, I said all these things about this Kings team before I knew that they were playing the Warriors. I said all this stuff, and you know, when they became the third seed, I don't know how many months ago that was, but well, we, I had, think there we is... had a fun conversation uh, because we played 2K, and uh, one of your one of your friends uh, who I got to coach against when I was coaching with JJ. Uh, Marshall, who, a.k.a. Bebo, I was joking with him like two months ago going like, are you going to be sad when the Warriors beat the Kings in the first round of the playoffs, right? Like we, that was kind of the joke. And it just so happened that it that that it came out that way. So, yeah. And I think just looking at this Kings team is like they just I think the idea of them going a couple rounds or even like the idea of them winning the championship would just break all of my basketball like truths or just things that I lived by just like knowing in the basketball world, which is defense really matters in the playoffs. When's the, what's the lowest defensive rating a team's won the championship? What's the lowest defensive rating a team's gone, gotten through a couple rounds with? Like, I think defense genuinely matters that much. And I think, you know, not having the best player in the series, you know, I think that's a big deal too. And I don't think the Kings are really going to have the best player in really any of the series they face if they go further and further into the playoffs. Um, there was another one too that I, I oh experience. If you, yeah. this is your first year in the playoffs as a unit, you know most of your guys, most of your best players haven't really seen it. Demontis Sabonis, sure, but that Pacers team was getting first round booted about every single season. Um, you know, I think that matters as well. I think that's like a, a fundamental belief I have is that defense matters, experience matters, and having the best player in the series matters. And the Kings have none of those. Mm-hmm. So I think that. Again, no disrespect to the Sacramento Kings. I think they are one of those teams. I think they said it in plus minus where it's like the Warriors, the, all plus minus guys have Warriors in six. That's what I have too before I even heard the podcast, which is great. I have that on record already. But they think that the Warriors are going to leave this series like they left that Memphis Grizzlies series, which is, you know, like that team kind of like they're on the rise. 
And I think that's what you could see from the Sacramento Kings uh, with that, with De'Aaron Fox being their best player of how good he's been this season. All NBA third team guy, probably. DeMontis Sabonis, again, all NBA third guy, third team guy. I think they just need one more guy. And I believe they have the assets and I think they have the thing, the means to go do it. And I think, I just don't think this is their year. And of course, since they're playing my team in the playoffs, I'm going to make sure that happens in the first round that it's not their year. I was looking at the defensive rating numbers and the Sacramento Kings uh, would be the worst defense the the war by this rating that the Warriors will have played uh, in, in the playoffs. And if they advance, uh, the next worst would be actually Denver. And then the next worst, no, actually the Clippers and then Denver and then the Warriors. And then under the, under the, right under the Warriors are Oklahoma City and the Lakers. So in the West, you know, outside of the Phoenix Suns and the Memphis Grizzlies, everybody's kind of in the same, in the same defensive rating, you know, plus or minus a, a point or mm. two here and there. So not until, you know, you get to uh, the the Western Conference Finals uh, or if if the Lakers uh, or if, you know, Memphis probably beaten the Lakers. Uh, but, you know, that that will be an interesting series. I have the upset. No, I mean, I, I, I would not be surprised. But after watching that Minnesota game, which we'll get to in a second, <laughs> the, the, I was like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. But uh, yeah, Memphis and Phoenix are are good defensively. But other than that, the Warriors are right in the mix with everybody else, and which is kind of weird because I think if we didn't have the numbers in front of us, we would have probably thought the Warriors were closer to the Kings defensively than they were to, to the middle of the pack. I think that's what I thought too. Um, obviously, then looking at the numbers, that was false. But if you do filter it by the last, since GP2 came back, they're tied number one. Oh, wow. Ain't that a thing, huh? And oh, they haven't had Wiggins. Wow. So I think that my hot take is that the Warriors have the best defense in the West. Once everyone's back, once you get a couple games in, it's going to be like, okay, this was the championship defense from last year. You don't have Otto, but you have now have Kaminga. So no be that's what I've been saying. That's been <laughs> no be Elisa. That's that's been a point. I feel like I have been pushing on this podcast the entire season. You've I know been, you've definitely been pro Kaminga, hundred percent. Not not just pro Kaminga, but just pro the rotation that they're rolling out. And you you know you I feel like you've had some good points where it's like you know there is like an argument to be made that. You know, that was like a um, maybe they had I don't know if it, that was your wording, but something along the lines of like maybe they had, you know, a kind of more I, I don't know about easier is the right word, but favorable path to the finals last mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. But just looking at the rotation, it's the same seven guys, Jordan Poole and GP off the bench. That's seven, um, eight. Now you add Kaminga and or not. Well, eight DiVincenzo and nine Kaminga. You know, like that's, I, in my opinion, from a player perspective is more talent than what you had in last year's playoff rotation, where with that, instead of Kaminga and DiVincenzo, it was Bielitsa and Otto Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just think it matters that your first seven guys is the same. And, you know, the Boston Celtics last year were just running seven guys in the finals yeah. at some games. So it's like, at least the, usually go to eight. I feel like Kerr's going to go nine in the first round. Um, but I think it's a solid, I think it's a really, really solid nine. I just feel like, you know, there's been some weird hiccups. There's been some weird, there's a champagne and campaign in midway through the season, but they're just like taking it easy. Um, but what I do think is important, although it was against the JV teams, it feels like, but I think closing the series or closing the season on a three game winning streak, five and that, one, 
I, if, if you go back, so let's go to Houston. Um, they won a Houston game, then they went and won that Dallas game, then they went and won that Philadelphia game, and then the Timberwolves game is right after that that I go to. And they just one. have a brain fart <laughs> to end the game where Draymond just gives it to Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Towns transition three. But to start that possession, like Steph was just Steph did something too. That was a little weird. But what I'm saying is that they don't have one brain fart. They win that game. So mm-hmm. let's just like, I'm not going to count it as a win, but let's just say, you know, Minnesota, a win. You they go out to Timberwolves, the Timberwolves in that game. I had a take actually that I feel like the Timberwolves sometimes can put a potion, put a spell on other teams and just be like, okay, you guys are going to play like us. You guys are just (laughs) going to do this drunk basketball thing. Because I think when we all realized it as like a national basketball fan base, like it was against the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves last season, that playoff series, like, man, both these teams just look like idiots out there. And then you go into the Grizzlies and the Warriors and it felt like a lot less dumb IQ uh, errors by the Memphis Grizzlies. Do you agree? Like it felt like that Grizzlies team that we watched against the Timberwolves was a little more made smarter decisions against the Warriors. And I feel like the Timberwolves just kind of make teams dumber sometimes. And they, well, I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting take in that they play a style of basketball that, you know, isn't, isn't super efficient, uh, but they're successful at it. So yeah, so you almost kind of play down to their level a little bit. They lull you to sleep a little they bit. They lull you. That's the word I think I'm looking for. Again, that's my thing against the Warriors. Like, when the hell does Draymond make that dumb of a, mis- a decision to just give it to Kyle Anderson with, you know, and then that whole thing happens, Carl Anthony Towns transition three. Yeah. So that's kind of my point with the Lakers, too, is it felt like, yeah, that was just some really weird dumb was, basketball I mean, but th- that on. was LeBron, but there was no one to hit that three when he gave the ball away to them. Yeah, that could have been, yeah. That All right, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm with you. I, I say six, though... If it does get, look, the, the Warriors could clearly lose this series. You know, the, they they could, the, you know, the Kings could grow up right before our eyes and the Warriors, somebody could get hurt, whatever. I expect the Warriors to win. I will say, if this thing goes seven and they're struggling, like, that's that is not good for round two. No, you, like, they need to know. take care of business because what is a, what is going to be awaiting them is uh, is a really big matchup and you know, last year that that Grizzlies matchup in round two, that was just as hard as that Celtics series was for them. You know, Celtics series probably a little bit harder just because of the bigger stage, but that took a lot out of them. So they need to be ready and be prepared. And the earlier you get a team out and you have a little bit of time to rest, that's beneficial for them because they are the older team, right? They they yeah. they do they do need to kind of regroup a little bit and uh more so than than some of these younger teams do you know anyone going to the game one as a warriors fan you know any warriors uh, fans making the travel? Uh, question one? i don't i have i mean i ha- i'm not really a big fan of twitter these days so i've been kind of staying off so <laughs> it's possible that people in my timeline are going but yeah i haven't seen so a just really quick really quick tidbit is that i feel like i've been seeing a lot of Golden One's going to look uh, 60-40, Kings fans, Warriors fans, maybe 50-50, and now never 50-50, but like 70-30 even. And I feel like game one, just because of how historical it is, 17-year postseason drought, I feel like only Kings fans are making that purchase. Like mostly Kings fans are making that $900 purchase. You better hope, because you need that home court advantage, man, right? Yeah, so my point is, is that 
is that you know I I I know I personally know four Kings fans who have made that ticket purchase, who are going to the game, and I'm like pretty feel like I I have a lot of I see a lot of Warriors stuff on my Twitter timeline. I haven't seen one person say they're going to that game. So not to say that it's going to be a 100 to zero Kings fans Warriors fans, but I feel like we're overblowing how packed Golden One might be with Warriors fans specifically on game one. Cause I think game one's just a historical, like we're here, we're in the playoffs. We finally did it guys. This is something I've been waiting for, for 17 years of my entire life. I just wanted to see it happen in person. And I think that if you have that amount, it's not going to be as hostile of an environment as it was in Boston, where people are shouting Draymond's a B word, this and that. But I think that it's going to be just super like loud, just noisy. We're going to hear it from our TVs. How It's going to like, the gains just kind of like blow out or something if we're watching it from home. And my point is, is that with that type of noise level, if the Warriors are able to go out there and win game one, I think the series is over. I think it's shark sees blood in the water, but I just, I don't think that the Warriors are going to win game one. That would be my prediction, <laughs> but so, yeah, so they're going to have to win four to the next five in order for you to get, get them out in six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's switch gears and let's just call the rest of the uh, the playoffs here. Obviously, there's no eight. Uh, there's no eight seed yet because those games are going to be figured out on Friday in the play-in. Uh, the Lakers beat the Timberwolves in a really we- not not a great fourth quarter, that's for sure. Uh, but the Lakers prevailed. The their you know we talked a little bit about it already. Just the experience, LeBron. Anthony Davis champions, you know, they pulled that game out. Uh, some dumb stuff from both of them as well uh, late in the game, but they pulled it out. So they're the seven seed playing Grizzlies, and we are awaiting uh, the uh, the Thunder against the Timberwolves, and the winner of that gets the Nuggets. Man, the Thunder were spry last night. I fi- I just figured... You know, Pelicans, a little bit more grown up. They got Brandon Ingram. Ingram's going to close this game. And nope, didn't happen. Thunder win. I was impressed. I still don't know. They, they're they probably facing the Nuggets might be the worst team unless they just get Jokic and pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll. But they don't have a center. And he's one of the top two best centers in the NBA. So I don't mm-hmm. think that bodes very well for them. I don't think it goes well for them either. Um, that's why I, I think I want the Timberwolves to play the Nuggets because although I think the Nuggets will still take care of the Timberwolves, at least I feel like Jokic gets a little bit of butt cheek sweat. Yeah, having yeah. To go Rudy Gobert. Like Gobert. Beat him up you know? a little bit. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's what I want from a Warriors fan perspective. I think that's what I want from an NBA fan perspective. But if the Thunder did advance, you know, that's all the makings of what the Memphis Grizzlies were. You know, they, they beat uh, the Memphis Grizzlies two or three years ago, beat the Warriors in the play-in and they advanced as like a nine or 10 seed to go play the Jazz in the first round and they got their butts kicked. But guess what? They came back the next year and played the Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. They, they that, was, that was the next year they went and won the first round. So that's like upward progression. They win the play-in, they lose the first round. The next year, they avoid the play-in, they win the first round, they lose the second round. This year, they're supposed to get to the Western Conference Finals if that's the upward progression, but I don't think mm-hmm. that's just going to happen. But I think that Thunder team, has all the makings. If they were to go beat the Timberwolves, it's like, all right, we're we're starting our Minnesota Tim, we're start we're starting our Memphis Grizzlies thing. So I think that would be exciting to see from a Shea Gill, just like Alexander fan perspective because he is a bucket. On the other side in the East, the Bulls beat the Raptors, and the Heat lost to the Hawks. I was kind of surprised about that one. So the Hawks advance, and they're the seven seed 
They go up against the Celtics. That they're probably going to get swept. And so whoever wins between Bulls and Heat, they face the Bucks. Uh, if I think the Bulls, maybe they get a game. Heat could probably get a game too, but it'll be in different ways. I wouldn't be worried about either team if I was the Bucks. Uh, but uh, so those are going to be the you know we'll figure out exactly what happens on a Friday, the final play-in games. But let's look at the rest of the playoffs and let's just go for the first round. It's kind of hard to you know think about you know who's going to advance and who's going to play who. So let's just go over the first round. You give me your thoughts on uh the series and and who you expect to win. So let's start with Grizzlies Lakers. You just said you're picking the upset. You're going with the vets. You're going with the OG. The OG beating the Ja Morant led Memphis Grizzlies. Why? Um I think that when you look at a little bit of what that Lakers Timberwolves game were I know you don't really want to take anything from that, nor do I. But if you do look at Cat got into foul trouble, right? And it felt like LeBron and AD were just completely aware of how many fouls he had. LeBron trying to take a charge on him. LeBron trying to just, you know, just do the vet savvy things to try and get him that sixth foul to get him out of the game. Because they knew once he was out of the game, they were just going to run away with that game. And we know, you know, us having those, the Warriors having those bouts with the Memphis Grizzlies. What's something that's always a key factor against that team? Jaron Jackson Jr.'s foul count. I think that, you know, LeBron and AD can can savvy vet him into getting, you know, uh, into foul trouble pretty easily there. And I think that it's going to be really tough for the Lakers to win because I think that if LeBron or Anthony Davis go out for one game, I think the series is over and the Lakers are pretty injury prone as a team because of age, just because of Anthony Davis being an injury prone player in general. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of things have to go right for the Lakers to win the series. I just I think it's going to happen and I think it's going to happen in seven. Uh, on the on the Grizzlies side, you know, I I think it's uh, you know J- Jaron Jackson Jr. being their second most important player, um, being a fun direct matchup for AD. I just think AD is going to get him into foul trouble, and I think that once that happens, you know, they don't really they don't have Brandon Clark, they don't have Stephen Adams to fall back on. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman, and after that's, that, that's that that that's the biggest fear I think for the, for the Grizzlies, though. There's gonna be two games where the Grizzlies can just get out and run and they're going to get out and hit three pointers and the Lakers are going to look old and the bronze going to do the thing where he starts pouting and he's mad at people and stuff. And I think they're going to get one or two games like that. So if they do like, let's say they get one, then that six games of whether the Lakers can just out savvy out vet savvy them. And it's not like the King, not like the Grizzlies didn't get a some, a good experience last year against the Warriors, so they know what it takes, and and they can always have that thing in their back pocket. Well, if John John didn't get injured, you know, maybe maybe we we actually win that series. So I think it's going to be a great dogfight. Here's my mm-hmm. worry: if, if I'm the Warriors, my worry is Memphis beats the Lakers, and they get so much confidence and experience out of that series and they kind of get the momentum so whatever it is i hope the lakers make it a rock fight i hope lebron slows the game way down and makes you know and and just all of a sudden dylan brooks fouls out all of a sudden baines like how did i get five fouls and you know you just go through that thing because i think the the biggest upside is, is the grizzlies if the grizzlies can figure it out and beat them and sort of grow up man, they become scary. So I'm hopeful that the Lakers win because I think 
you know, I think the Warriors uh, have a better chance at, at beating the Lakers than I think they have at beating the Grizzlies. But the way they don't match up well against the Lakers either at the same time. Uh, but yeah, that's just uh, I, I, that's my take. I think the Grizzlies win, but I think your your pick is is fair as well. Yeah, I think the Warriors fans should Warriors fans should just hope for a long series. They should hope for seven games for that for the Lakers versus the Grizzlies. I think that should be like the one thing we all hope for. All right, so we already talked Warriors, Kings, uh, Suns, Clippers. Um, so we did an episode on the BAM where we all ranked our most exciting or best potential first round matchups for the entire league. And this was my number one pick Phoenix suns versus the Los Angeles Clippers. I feel like the, all the wings, you know, the Clippers having those two, two way guys that can guard Devin Booker and KD. Yeah. Well, that's out the window because Paul George isn't <laughs> going to play for the entire series. So something that I was super excited to see, I feel like is just like completely gone. And I've been really yeah. sad about it for the past couple of days. Um, I think the, the suns are just going to outclass them. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I think a law Murray of the athletic is saying no PG. Some of the fans think game three, I'm probably going to side with law Murray at the moment. Um, but yeah, if no PG, I think the Suns get it done in five. That was going to be my pick, but I think Kawhi is going to get two wins. At least I think he's going to be up for this matchup and he knows that for them to have a chance with no Paul George, he's going to have to put the team on his back. And I think he's going to get two wins, but I, Ultimately, it's a one-on-three when it comes to superstar battle here, and uh, mm, two. No, oh, you're not. You're not counting CP. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean Booker. You know Booker. Like, you know, theoretically, I, always you look far in advance, and I, I look at Warrior Suns, and I go, okay, Kevin Durant is going to get his. It's impossible to stop him. CP, since the Warriors won a championship, has never beat them. And then you got to figure out, okay, so does that, so so what do we do? Well, I think you go all out and try and stop Booker no matter what. And the Warriors have struggled against Devin Booker. So I, that, I think Phoenix is really scary for the Warriors too. But defensively, they are not as scary against the Warriors because they don't have Mikel Bridges and their depth is, is uh, bare. And so it's really like you're going to have these guys defending Steph. And again, it's like, you know, no, nobody, uh, you're winning that point guard battle no matter what. So I think the Suns are an interesting battle for the Warriors too. Uh, but not going not gonna to say that they can get there because, you know, this, they're, they're going to have to go through two series to even see them if, if the Suns come out of there. All right, Nuggets. I don't. I don't think the Nuggets have have problems with with either team. But uh, yeah, you think you think either team could get a game from them? I think the Timberwolves can get a game. I think that's it, though. All right, on to the other side. Celtics Hawks. I already said. I think. I think Celtics. It's a sweep. sweep in the Hawks. It's a sweep. One hundred percent. All right, Sixers and Nets. I'm not as intrigued with this series as a lot of people are, because. Again, if we go back to this best player, like Embiid is is such a tremendous player. And the Nets are kind of a, a bunch of pretty decent players who kind of fit in in this interesting way. But I, I, don't, I don't see them upsetting the 76ers in this series. No, there was kind of like a thing last year on how like it was like a joke that the nerd anal analysts of the NBA were picking the Raptors to beat the Sixers in round one because the Raptors had all these switchable wings who would give the 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 Sixers fits on the other end. And it's kind of a similar deal with this Brooklyn Nets team is I think the Brooklyn Nets can make it difficult, 
but I still think the Sixers will take care of them. Like, I think the Sixers can take care of them in like five, but like, let's say all five of those games are within like five points. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like how uh, Boston and Brooklyn series played out last year where Boston swept them, but I don't think Boston won a game by more than eight points. It was all yeah. pretty close. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling that I would probably go Sixers and five. I, th- I think five too. But man, we we may learn something about Mikael Bridges here in this series because I I think people look at some of those numbers that he put up and they go, mm, regular season, you know, people are kind of tanking, but who knows? Maybe maybe he is like this top twenty five guy, and we learn a lot about him. That would be fun to watch. That would be kind of cool. All right, this one is. I have a feeling about this series, but I don't know if people think that the Knicks are are really going to extend this thing. Where where are you with Cavs and Knicks? So I thought this series was, this series was, I think, my fourth. Um, We did like a draft for the most interesting first round series that you could pick. And this was my fourth pick. So probably like the 16th most uh, interesting series that we could see like within 10 to 16. I thought this was interesting because I feel like the the Cavs best defensive rating in the NBA. You know, you got Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo picking Evan Mobley over Jaron Jackson Jr. <laughs> as the defensive player of the year, which is going to cause a ruckus if that happens. But I loved it, by the way. It was fun. It was entertaining. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think to say all that is that I feel like the Cleveland Cavaliers on paper match up against a lot of good teams in the East. A lot of those top heavy teams with the bigs because the Eastern Conference. When KD was there, even in Boston, it's it's it was a pretty wing and center dominated conference, whereas the West had all the good guards. Now KD moving over to the West, it's still the Eastern Conference. You have to go through Jason Tatum, you have to go through Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you have to go through Joel Embiid, all guys who are wings or big guys. And I feel like the Cavs' defense matches up well against those teams. I thought that the Knicks were the one team that actually matched up well against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Jalen Brunson, who's going to guard him? Is it going to be Okoro? Do you want Okoro playing that much to begin with? But I heard Julius Randle might not even like there's like, yeah, what is question going marks on about there? his availability? If he misses, I mean, they lose. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I don't even know what the injury. Was. I don't know his injury at all either. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad for them. I thought there was an upset potential if Randle played and was healthy. But now I'm starting to think that, you know, there's the Cavs, the Cavs are going to go to the next round. And the thing about the Cavs, though, like I was saying, like, it wouldn't totally surprise me. Like if you told me the Cavaliers beat the Boston Celtics in like this gut wrenching seven game series. Like, I don't know if I would think it's like completely out of someone's mind to think that, but at the same time, I also didn't think it was completely out of someone's mind to think that the Knicks could take care of, of the Cavs. I just feel like it was very matchup based. The Cavs like presents some difficult matchups to some of the best teams. You look at the regular season record against the, the Celtics. I think it was three, one. I think the Cavs took them three, one. And I think everyone was healthy for all those matchups. So there's, there's something similar with this Cavs team and the Kings in that they're, they're young as well. So there, there's some proving ground stuff in this series. Now, I don't know if there is still anything about going into Madison square garden. Cause the Knicks haven't been good in, in a long time, but you know, there are some bright lights and this is the biggest series that the Cavaliers have played since LeBron left. So there's some, you know, there's definitely some pressure there for them. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't think either team, uh, yeah, actually I'll say bucks and five, no matter who they play in, in that, uh, Eastern conference for a uh, first round one, eight. 
Yeah, if it's against the Bulls, I'm not going to watch a game because it literally just happened last year and it took DeMar DeRozan having like a 50 ball for them to win a game and they only mm-hmm. got one. I think if it's the Miami Heat, you know, they've seen each other a couple times, you know, once in, I think it was the semifinals of the bubble season and the Bucks were supposed to take care of them, but Miami won. But the next year, the Bucks were the first, they saw each other in the first round and the Bucks, I think, like swept them. Um, still, I feel like I'd rather see Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo versus Giannis than I would see Giannis versus... DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. I still think the Bucks take care of. I think Bucks versus Heat goes the five. Bucks versus Bulls goes the four. All right. Now, if the Warriors don't make it to the NBA Finals, who do you think is uh, the next best opportunity? It's probably easily the Suns versus the Bucks. So that's what you're taking. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Bucks and Celtics is going to be really good again. I don't know why, even though the, you know, Middleton is still not playing very well so it's you know i know they didn't have him last year and now they do so that's a little bit of a a difference uh so i'm not sure exactly why last year isn't going to happen again if we believe that the celtics are on the incline but you know there is something marcus smart didn't have as good of a season i could see that they do have brogdon so that is, you know, that is about as even as a series as I think you're going to get in this entire playoffs is if it's Bucks Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. I will probably lean Bucks as well, just because Giannis seems like he's a little bit more of a man on a mission. But that's going to be, you know, that might be even better than whatever the finals turns out to be is that series. Yeah, I just think Giannis is the best player in the uh, in the world. So I think that Giannis is going to take care of the Celtics, not take care of them, but but win. I think. Warriors versus Suns, though, like that would be like an insane. That would break records, probably ratings for, from a public perspective. That's what I think. That's what the NBA wants. They want this is this is how it. I mean, it's already been great for for the matchups for the NBA because you have Warriors Kings, and that's going to be a really good TV matchup. But the second round, NBA wants Warriors Lakers because it'll break hundred oh, percent. You know, it'll it'll break whatever the recent second round records are. And then what do you they, think they want more in the Western Conference Finals, though, if they had their choice, LeBron or Steph versus KD? Uh, I think I think they might look go LeBron. Mm, I would maybe lean Warriors, but I mean, it's it's you can't go wrong with either. Right. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> it's a there, there's, a, there's a little bit more drama, I think, if it's the Warriors than if it is the Lakers. But I agree. Uh, either way, either way, it's it's perfect for them. But, you know. The Suns are, are going to have to get past the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have not played great in the last 15 games or whatever, but they played really well in that first, you know, 60, 65 games. So are they the team for the first 80% of the season, or are they the team for the last 20% of the season? I think a lot of people are just saying drop coverage, Jokic. Yep. KD's just going to kill that. Devin Booker's just going to kill that. CP3 is just going to kill that, and it might be wraps. Maybe. Maybe, but you know, you you have to think if we think it's that easy, that the Nuggets have to have an answer to that, right? They have to have a plan to counter that, and how do they do it? And you know, what what are ways that they do it? So they got to be thinking about it for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. What? So what do you want to do? Do you want to go Monday night? Do you want to go Saturday? I think we night? should go after. We should go after like away games. 
I'd be interested in that because I feel like for the home games, I might try to go like to a bar or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that works. Well, I mean, we we could go Saturday and Monday, or we could just wait till Monday. It's it's a, it's a, I've I'm fine either way. But I you know one of the two games we should do a post game for sure. I'm yeah yeah. Maybe we say we we write it down in pencil right now for Saturday. Okay. All right. All righty. So uh, yeah, Warriors Kings five. What's your prediction? Oh, for the West and the East? Warriors. No, for the Warriors. What'd you say? Did you say your Warriors Kings? What was your prediction? How many I games? said I said Warriors in six, but Okay, that's what I said too. I would not be surprised if uh if this went all way, all, all seven. The Warriors don't generally go seven games unless they're you know behind. They don't really get ahead in a series and then like let it let up except in the infamous yeah. one in 2016, but yep. they usually have it figured out and then they just shut the door. So seven may not be the smart pick unless the Kings get out to a big lead and the Warriors have to come back. Then, yeah. you, what then I, you're talking seven. What I've noticed picking these games is that not a lot of series really go to seven games. So it's like, it's more likely that it's like six or five. I think for the first round, I just have Lakers Memphis going to seven. Yeah, I think that's all I have going to seven out of the entire first round. If Paul George comes back, Clippers and Suns are going to seven. You think he comes back, though? Is there no, a chance? No. <laughs> I don't, there might be a chance, but I, I don't think he's coming back. All right. All right. Well, we're done here. Welcome back. And uh, if you decide to to move to Spain, we're going to have to have some weird, weird times of doing this show. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, for uh, Bry, I am a double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Hey, this is Elliot Smith from the Arsenal Vision Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows, led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now they're raising another round on the platform WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdsourcing service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100, and in other words, that means you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in a cool company on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their team, improve operations, and that will in turn help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.